Kelman on cliffcentral.com. Sure is. Uh, this is columnist, screenwriter, satirist, and sometime novelist. He's also just really funny on Twitter and has an unbelievable way with words overall. Tom Eaton joins us now live from Cape Town. What's happening, Tom? Hey, hello. Not very much at all. This is Cape Town, after all. <laughs> and on a Friday, I would imagine there's literally nothing going on. Yeah, I don't know. People go home at about 10 in the morning, so it's been <laughs> like weekend for about five hours now. Uh, so, Tom, really cool to chat to you. Uh, are you surprised by how funny people find you? Um, I am. I think a lot of people, some people find me funny, but most people just find me confusing and upsetting. So, yeah, it's a bit of both. <laughs> and as a kid, were you kind of just, you know, a preferred taste? Um, that's a very, you've, that's a very diplomatic way of asking me, was I a lonely loser? <laughs> um, I suppose, no, I mean, I suppose most kids figure out what's funny to other kids and then, and then milk it for all it's worth. So yeah, I made the odd kid laugh. Where, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a little suburb of Cape Town called Kenilworth where the horse racing happens and that is all that happens there. So that's where I grew up. And then I moved out of home in Kenilworth into another place in Kenilworth. I moved out of that into another place in Kenilworth. So um, basically, I'm living next door to my parents. No, not quite. But I, yeah, I haven't gone far. <laughs> Just living your best life, uh, waiting for living that horse the best race. Life. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, being a writer. Okay. Would you like Would you like the the, the Oprah version, or would you like the truth? Because the Oprah version yeah. is that it's, it's amazing and it's um, it's you know you live your best life as as you as you say. The real version is that it has its ups and its downs. Um, I don't know. I don't know what part of a writer you are, being a writer you want to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, when did you kind of figure out that it was something that you wanted to pursue? Were you just that kid that took English class very seriously, or how did it kind of manifest? No, look, I think kids are drawn to the stuff that they find relatively easy and the stuff that they get some affirmation for, you know. So, like, if you get good marks in a subject, you tend to focus on that and ignore the others. And I found that people responded nicely to the stuff I wrote, and then I sort of followed that direction. And at Varsity, I, I wrote and followed the creative writing options. And it was a kind of a natural selection in a way where you, you follow kind of what you're good at and, and ignore what you're not. So I don't know, like... You know, it's not something I, I objectively, consciously chose, mm. but um, it's something I've been doing for a very long time. We were speaking to a writer the other day, and I, I think she was feeding me bullshit because she said that for her, it doesn't matter what she's writing, whether it's a, a piece for Vogue or whether it's a, a corporate piece that she has to do for like a plastic recycling company. But she mm -hmm. finds the process of writing what's most enjoyable, regardless of what she's writing for. Is there any truth to that at all? Uh, none whatsoever. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there are there are writers and there are writers, and I think some people get a huge kick out of just literally writing and solving the problem of of the job. So if you've been hired to do a, a little corporate job, some people get a big kick out of trying to join those dots. Um, other writers, I think, write what they want to write, and anything that doesn't fall inside that, they get very grumpy about. Um, so she could have been she could have been telling the truth. I mean, she may she may genuinely love every aspect of writing but for me like i can only really do what i do i want to talk about the holy matrimony of uh tom eaton's writing skills and the internet and how these two you know share their love and, and when they met and and how mm. this relationship is working out um they met they met a while back it wasn't love at first sight um in fact 
like I needed space. I just wasn't that into it. Um, I, yeah, I, it was more like a sort of a one night thing for me and I really didn't want to go back. But, um, eventually I did. I, I was on Twitter once. I hated Twitter. I didn't understand what it was for. Um, and I left it in a huff. I got to like 200 followers <laughs> and I was like, damn, mission accomplished. This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. And I stormed off in a huff and nobody noticed. And then I decided to try it again. And this time I kind of understood what it was for. And so I've been there. Yeah, I've been kind of a, a, a social media thing for a couple of years now. And I'm slowly figuring out like its uses and abuses. Mm. Yeah, it's a very tricky one. I mean, no one's an expert in social media because it hasn't been around for long enough. Uh What's your take on, you know, the selfie and Instagram and Twitter and, and how do you draw the line in terms of, you know, getting the best out of it versus letting it get the best out of you? Look, I can't really talk on this with any authority because I suspect I'm a bit of an addict. So I'm coming at you with, <laughs> with, with, with that kind of perspective. Yeah. I don't do selfies and I'm not on Instagram. I think my addiction is, is the wordy aspect, mm. uh, but I can totally understand the, the kind of picture taking thing. Like selfies, I think, are just sad. I mean, selfies are not, and I'm not saying that to be mean. I just think selfies are a little desperate expression of like loneliness and isolation in the modern world um, where you're kind of standing on a little place going, I was here um, because nobody cares. <laughs> So, like, selfies for me are, are really, really sad little things. Instagram, I think, brings out a nice a nice element of people, which is a kind of a visual creativity. I, you know, I think Instagram is cool. I don't know of any Instagram addicts. Um, but in terms of, like, Twitter and Facebook, yeah, there are, there are pros and cons, um, as, with, as with any product. You know, like food, you can have far too much of it, but without it, you die. So, like, I don't really know yet what, what we're all going to think about um, social media in in a few years. Talk to me about the process of writing a tweet as Tom Eaton. How, I mean, is it a is it a process that you go through? Does it come to you instantaneously? How long do you spend before you press tweet? <laughs> um, no, it's pretty instantaneous. I mean, they're like they're knee jerk reactions to things. Yeah. Um, and I think with a lot of people, you know, Twitter and and Facebook are, are ways to just vent vent emotions mm. so if i see something stupid or somebody's done something that annoys me um i fire off a tweet or a, or a little facebook update and i i do sometimes pause and think is this advisable um and then sometimes i don't post it but yeah no it's, it's not it's not i don't sit there like composing tweets basically let's go behind the tweets real quick and find out uh, emotionally where tom eaton was at because now we're being very melodramatic about this yeah. whole thing <laughs> Uh, when you tweeted, when the yelling gets too loud, just remember 96% of humans are not on Twitter. What was up? That was, uh, that was me like overdosing a little bit on Twitter and also just, just following one too many online arguments. Um, I think it's, you know, I think sometimes you can kind of convince yourself that what is on Twitter is the real world. Mm. Um, you can start thinking that the stuff actually matters or, you know, the argument over, I don't know what album is dropping when and who's taken a selfie with who um, has some kind of meaning, which of course it doesn't. It's it's meaningless and irrelevant. So I think I just spent a little bit too long in that echo chamber. And then I suddenly thought like, how many people are actually on Twitter? And I looked it up and discovered it's like, I don't know, 300 million or something like that, which is, you know, 4% of the world's population and the rest mm. aren't on Twitter. And I found that a bit of a relief. So I, I tweeted that. 
shifting gears and just kind of you know looking at the opposite of that we've got someone at the office who's just recently joined she doesn't have twitter i keep saying to you got to get twitter you got to get twitter it's part of the environment it's really really important and she says to me she has she sees no need for twitter but i mean what what and i've got to try and convince her that she's going to get something out of it what does a person get out of twitter no, you get loads out of Twitter. You get stomach ulcers, you get headaches, you get back pain. No, it's amazing. Um, look, I think it depends very much like what you what you do for a living. So if you need a public platform, if you if you are going to promote yourself, if you're going to kind of go look at me, look at me a lot of the time, mm. then yeah, Twitter Twitter is something you probably should do. Um, if you just want to be uh, an you know, a spectator or kind of just see what people are talking about, then stay the hell away from Twitter because it's just, it's just, you know, noise for the most part. Um, and certainly it's not a platform for debate. Um, it's funny that people try and have like arguments on Twitter, assuming that you can actually say anything coherent in 140 characters. Um, so no, I would say like if, if she is a, a media figure, then yes, go for it. Otherwise don't touch her with a 10 foot pole. But I do think, though, Tom, you know, in a in a very cool and quirky way, your tweets, and there are so many that are sort of politically motivated or politically centered in terms of politics in South Africa and the world, uh, a lot of them kind of have a bit of a social undertone, and it feels like you're trying to sort of inspire some kind of social change or awareness around issues or make us relook at things that we thought maybe were boring that actually affect us. So for you, there is a bit of a social impact in, in what you tweet, right? Yeah, I suppose I'm that like annoying kid who stands there going like, you know, telling the teacher what the bad kid has done wrong and saying like, you're all very naughty. We should work harder. Like, I suppose I'm that annoying kid. But also I think as with a lot of writers, you know, you, you write what you are feeling in that moment. Um, and then if people, you, you write it kind of half for yourself and then other people. So if I'm, if I'm saying something about politics or I'm saying something, you know, about the society, I'm kind of writing it down for me in a way. I'm mm. sort of going, well, I think this about this for me. And if you agree, that's great. And if you don't, well, I don't really care. So, yeah, I think, you know, if people take a message from what I do, that's that's fine. But I'm not writing like for an audience, I think. Yeah, which is, uh, which is the way that you lose at Twitter because it doesn't come across as authentic. Right, right. Can't over-manufacture the creativity. Yeah. So, so we've got a big movement here at Cliff Central. Uh, the good folk at MWeb also involved. It's called Internet Central, where we're trying to get people to get the best out of the internet. Uh, and really the question is, again, very melodramatic, but how has the internet changed your life? Uh, and, and what has the internet given Tom Eaton in terms of your human experience? Um, mm, that's a, that's an interesting question and actually one that I'm, I'm sort of struggling with at the moment because like, I said this to, I said this to somebody the other day that I really feel that certainly with social media and perhaps the internet as a whole, we are currently at the phase that they were in the, in the 1950s where doctors were telling us that smoking was good for us. Mm. Like I really feel we're there right now. We're at the smoking is good for you phase. Um, and I'm not really convinced that the internet and especially social media are necessarily good for us. Um, you know, we, we can have these arguments now and we can debate this way and that and we can say, well, the, the Internet democratizes knowledge and the Internet, you know, brings awareness to causes. But I just have this kind of gut feel based on no research whatsoever that it's also doing really bad things to our relationship with other people, with the world we live in, with our concentration spans, you name it. 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if in like 150 years, people are going, oh, my God, those poor people in the 21st century, those poor, poor people who didn't know what they were doing. Um, you know, we, we might get there. But I think having said that, to get the best out of the Internet, you, you follow very consciously and in a disciplined way the things that, that inspire you. So, mm. you know, I made, a, I made a choice just on a small level um, last year to, to mute or unfollow a lot of people who spent a lot of time fighting on Twitter. And I yeah. followed a few scientists and philosophers and that sort of thing. And it, and it makes an appreciable difference to your experience of Twitter. Um, suddenly it's, you know, little interesting snippets or you get access to ongoing debates or, or interesting people doing interesting things. But you have to be quite conscious about that. It's almost like going on a diet. You've got to say, like, as much as I want to be sucked into a tour, I'm not going to. And instead mm. I'm going to, like, eat my vegetables and read what the scientist has written. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think to get the best out of the Internet, you have to be quite disciplined about it because I think the Internet, if you're not disciplined, the Internet will give you its worst. Yeah. It's almost like with great power comes great responsibility. So so with the Internet, it is great power, but it also has to come with a little bit of responsibility. And we have to figure out, you know, how we use it because things can be good. They can be bad. But it's it's about how we figure out what's going to be best for us. Right. And I mean, the great irony of the internet is we have this astonishing technology that was really like magic. I mean, I don't know how the internet works or anything, but we have like all human knowledge at our fingertips and yet we use it for porn and pictures of cats. <laughs> like, that is what the internet is used for. And, and I think that, you know, it's funny and we, we laugh about it, but it is also a very yeah. telling reality. Mm. So I think, you know, we, we're not using it properly at all. <laughs> And and I think we have to figure out how to do that. Do you think that uh, the internet is is what is the most interesting thing about being alive in 2015? Um, no, no, not at all. Um, I think I think the internet is just a lens through which we see the reality of 2015. Okay, you know, so in the in the 1930s, it would have been newspapers and newsreel films. Um, in the 1500s, it would have been gossip and conversations for, with your neighbor. Um, it's just the new version of that. Um, I don't think it is a thing in itself. I think it's a lens that we use. So, you know, what is the most interesting thing about being alive in 2015? I think it's probably the, the economics and politics of the world. It's the enormous changes that are happening, you know, mm. as we speak, um, whether it's New, it's migrant influx into Europe, which is going to have a, a fascinating effect on Europe, whether it's the kind of decolonizing new winds of change blowing through Africa, uh, Africa rising, you know, all these kinds of amazing events which are happening right now. Mm. Uh, and the Internet is a way of accessing all of that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the Internet per se is, is the most interesting thing. Tom, thank you so much for hanging out. What's the most important thing to take away from Tom Eaton on a Friday afternoon uh, coming to you live from a city that no one's doing anything in? Uh, it would be to go to the people you love and tell them that you love them and try and sort out your own life before you get onto Twitter and tell other people how to sort out their lives. <laughs> <laughs> but when you do get onto Twitter, follow Tom Eaton. What's the handle? 
<laughs> it's, it's Tom Eaton uh, SA. <laughs> Look at that uh, segue there. Uh, Tom, Very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out. That's a Tom Eaton there, a columnist, a screenwriter, satirist, and sometime novelist. And also, while I got you on the line, uh, you were part of uh, Shoreline, which was just an unbelievable series. So, yeah. so kudos on that. You were part thank of the writing team, an award-winning yeah. series. And if you haven't checked that out, it's uh, about two, three you're four years old now, but you've mm. got to try and look it up. It was it just showcased South Africa in the most beautiful way. Mm. Cool. Thank you. Power. That's uh, Tom Eden there live from Cape Town. Uh, yeah, we were speaking to Tom about uh, the internet. Can the internet change your life? Some very interesting thoughts there. Uh, if you want to use the internet to change your life, you do need good internet. Uh, whether you think that the internet is a bad or a good thing is irregardless. And if you want good internet, you can uh, join MWeb online at www.mweb.co.za. You can connect with them on Twitter. It's at MWeb Connect or hang out with them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MWeb. Is the internet a good or a bad thing? I think it's a really, really good thing. It's how you use it, I guess. Kelman on cliffcentral.com.